Roll tight, everybody, and welcome to Bama Talk. I'm Steve Sample. I'll be your host, and we're going to be talking about, yep, you guessed it, Alabama football and the myriad issues that relate to it. Uh, by the way, this is our inaugural broadcast. We're real excited about it and glad that you're uh, here with us. I uh, hope you'll enjoy it and find it entertaining. Uh, one of the things we won't be doing is getting into screaming matches and character assassinations, although there might be the occasion where we may wing one now and then. Uh, but we'll uh, enjoy that. Uh, I know I'm excited about the season and the fact that it's less than three weeks away. And I know as long as I've been following Alabama football, I don't think there's ever been a season with the kind of lead-up and momentum Bama sports teams have created over the past several months. Since January 9th of 2012, we've won a 14th national championship in football, the second national championship in three years, of course. The gymnastics dynasty that Shayra Patterson has built won a second consecutive national championship. It's sixth overall. The women's golf team won its first national championship, and our softball team, one of my personal favorites, won the SEC regular season title, the SEC tournament title, became the first SEC team to win a national championship in women's fast pitch softball, and Alabama's the on, only the second team east of the Mississippi River to ever win a national championship in women's softball. On top of that, uh, Karani James won a gold medal in the Olympics, so it's been a heck of a year so far. So uh, it's been an amazing 2012, and what's even more exciting about it is that the, within the remainder of this calendar year, we've got the opportunity to win the Western Division in football, head to Atlanta for the SEC championship game, and bring home yet another conference title, which would be our 23rd, by the way. Uh, I know I'm awfully proud, too, of the graduation rates for Alabama student-athletes these days. In the combined two most recent national championships, over 40 players dressed out for the game, having already completed their undergraduate degree, and several were already working on postgraduate degrees. So the tide has risen to record highs, and Bama's riding one heck of a crimson wave into the big opener in Dallas September 1st against the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I'm pleased to announce that we've got a guest with us today on this first an inaugural uh, podcast, Dr. James Sanderson, who's a good friend of mine and was also a trainer uh, at the University of Alabama for the football team between the years of 1974 and 78 under Coach Bryant and also under the mentoring of Coach Jim Goosetree. James, thanks so much for joining us and uh, spending some time with us tonight. Steve, I really appreciate the opportunity. This is going to be a lot of fun. What are you doing these days? Just catch up. Tell us what you're, what you're doing. Catch us up. Well, uh, I'm practicing dentistry here in Hoover, and our oldest daughter just got married in February. Married off. They got one married, and our uh, middle daughter has graduated from Alabama and has moved back in the house, and she's going to be studying uh, it uh, and go, go for her master's degree at Montevallo in the fall. And our 16-year-old is on the dance team at Spain Park. And so we've got a busy time around us. Well, part of your years overlap with the ones uh, that I was at Alabama. I was there between 73 and 76. I uh, went back and finished up later. I was on the six-year plan. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> What, tell us, what were your, back then as a trainer uh, for the team, what were your your basic duties like? Take us through a, you know, kind of through a, a game week, for instance. Just just the basics of what you had to do, your duties, your jobs, what you were responsible for. 
those kind of things. Well, at that time, uh, we had uh, our first year there, we had six athletic trainers that we had for all sports. And uh, Coach Goosetree would open the training room at 7 o'clock in the morning for pre-treatment for during the day, which we didn't participate in. But uh, at 1 o'clock, as soon as we got through eating lunch, we were in the training room. And we would be taping. Uh, you know, sweat would be pouring off as you were taping ankles and getting everybody ready to go. And uh, we used several cases of tape a day uh, getting ready to go. And uh, <clears throat> we would tape before the ball game or t- before practice and then we'd go out and uh, watch practice and see if, what we could do to be sure everybody was hydrated and uh, be sure that we had as few injuries as possible that was our main job is to keep the injuries down and to the minimum i, I know that uh, back then there were not the uh restrictions on the number of hours that you could practice like there are today. now you've got the 20 hour rule and three of those hours uh, it counts as the game. So really you've got 17 hours during the week to get a team ready for a game. Uh, I remember growing up in Tuscaloosa and going by the practice field over there, Thomas Field, uh, off Hackberry Lane. And uh, practice usually started, I think, about 2.45. Practice started around 2, 2.45, and then we would go – Many times it was 7 o'clock or later before we were oh, I can remember heading, in, heading back to the dorm or heading back. Many uh, nights uh, driving by on a bicycle or in my car, and the lights were on at 7 and 7.30, uh, and they're still out there practicing. Still going, and you know we might be in a no time or getting one of the famous gut checks that Coach Bryant would do at different times. Yeah, uh, I, I can remember him telling the story of talking to a recruit uh, that had come in they had been recruiting him and they brought him into the office to sit on that famous couch and uh the recruit asked coach bryant how long do your practices last and bryant's response supposedly was as long as it takes and i think you'd probably be better off going somewhere else that was the wrong question to ask <laughs> <laughs> that was and that was one thing about coach bryant he was such a master psychologist he knew what he knew how to get you as just an average guy to do better, just better. And that wasn't just game day. That just wasn't pregame oh, speeches. No, that was the thing that he would say. He would talk about winning and what it takes to win. And he would say, you know, the way to win, it's all you, all you, it's really pretty simple. You know, you got to do the little things, uh, the little things that nobody else wants to think about doing, you, you got to do them. That sounds a lot and, like a coach that's here now. Uh, Take well, care of the Many of things. the things that Coach Saban's doing is exactly what Coach Bryant did. Very, very detail-oriented. Uh-huh. I know one quote, uh, having read a number of books uh, involved with Alabama football, and, of course, Coach Bryant in many cases, one of the things he uh, that stu- sticks in my mind that he said one time is that, that most people have got the will to win. It's the people that have got the will to prepare to win are the ones that usually wind up on top right. and then preparing to win is really he said you know it's he said what you got to do is you got to get a little bit better every day that, that's all you got to do and this and what was it football is is about your life too you talk about that all the time and say you know what we're talking about here is going to be important to you down the road and you know but if you get a little bit better every day most people won't do that. They'll try to get a lot better tomorrow or relax a little bit today and take a break and then a lot better on game day. He said, but if you've gotten a little bit better every day, you'll be better than that guy that's an 85 player. You may be a 75 player, 
but because you've been getting better every day and you've done the preparation, you're going to beat that 85 player on Saturday. What kind of personal interaction did you have with Coach Bryant? And, and I know he was very busy, and you were always very busy, but what sort of uh, personal interaction, any kind of conversations that stick out in your memory? Oh, uh, There were, um, you know, if you needed to see Coach Bryant, you could see Coach Bryant. His door was open. Um, you know, you didn't really want to bother him too much, but he would always come by the training room. One night, one day I was, uh, I probably had been, out too late that night and I, I was laying on the training room table myself I was just laying there about half asleep and he walks by and he mumbles something about you know you only do things on days you feel good you don't get too much done <laughs> I'm like yes sir that sounds a lot I'm up <laughs> yes, sir, I got you I got that coach what I'm wondering James uh you know since you had such so much uh, up close personal contact. I mean, when you're a trainer, you're like you say, wrapping ankles and doing treatments and providing ice packs and right. um, all, all sorts of um, things. What are some of the players or personalities or the injuries that may have uh, that you may remember that kind of stand out that you um, uh, worked on or treated? Somebody that you helped through a, a situation that got them back on the field and and in the in the personalities in that situ those situations. Any, anything stand out in your mind? Well, the worst one that we had um, was my freshman year, and as a freshman at the University of Alabama as an athletic trainer, you're really not supposed to. You know, tell anybody what to do or anything. You're supposed to mainly, mainly be there watching. And you're a freshman. Yes, sir. You're a freshman. And uh, we were playing TCU, and uh, a lick happened right in front of me. A fellow by the name of Kent Waldrop oh hit the ground, and uh, he didn't move. Now, that summer, I'd been driving an ambulance and been going through the EMT program, the paramedic program. Wow. That and, game was at uh, Legion Field. That game was at Legion Field. On AstroTurf. On AstroTurf. And, um, Very hard surface. When he hit the ground, I knew what was wrong. I mean, I, I knew what was wrong, and he had broken his neck. Uh, their doctor got over there and was examining. If I'm not and, mistaken, uh, that was in front of our bench. It was right in front of our bench. And um, so I'm, I'm the first person there, and I'm sort of down there with the doctor, and the doctor looks at me and says, uh, Will you get me the army stretcher that's on the hanging on the bench? Cause we're hanging on the fence. We had an army stretcher that was hanging on the fence behind the bench, and I looked at him dead in the eye, and I said, "No, sir." And um, everybody around me—I mean, it got—you know—people talk about things getting quiet when you say or do something. I mean, it got quiet. Oh boy! And he looked at me, and I said, uh, "There's a stretcher on that ambulance down there." Because that, my ambulance happened to be in the end of the end zone with my partner in on Northeast it. corner where we used to come out of the locker right. room. And um, I said, there's a stretcher on that ambulance that will put him on, on the x-ray table exactly like he is right now if you'll let us use it. And so uh, I sort of took care, took took charge of that operation or that extrication. Wow. And uh, Kent broke his neck. The good part is uh, he lived. He and I have maintained a friendship uh, through the years. And um, his sons both have come to the University of Alabama and have, I didn't know uh, that. have participated. One of them played baseball with us. Both of them, Coach Bryant's, uh, participated in the Coach Bryant Scholarship Fund. Uh, they were the, he's the only non-Alabama athlete 
uh, who their children were able to participate in the Coach Bryant Scholarship. That's a great story. So, it's good to hear. Uh, positive things have happened, and, and good things are happening around that. Well, moving forward, uh, three decades or so, Right. Uh, I know you're a fan like I am, and you attend a lot of the games uh, to this day. Uh, as and I'm sure you're paying attention to what's going on with Coach Saban and his staff, which is, uh, and they uh, clearly do a fabulous job. They're doing a great job. Uh, what are some of the things about Coach Saban's uh, general approach to training and medical care that uh, compa- compare or contrast to the way you guys used to do it, or what are the ways it's similar? Well, when I was at Alabama, we had the best athletic training room in the country. Um, over the years, uh, everybody else surpassed us around the country. Today, you can go in our athletic training room, and um, there's a there's a whirlpool that's there's a pool there where we have hydrotherapy. There's everything that you need to have. We have at the University of Alabama to help our student athletes recover from injuries quicker. Uh, to evaluate the injuries, to decide, okay, do we need to do surgery quicker or or not at all? How can we rehab this? It is everything that that is needed is available uh, in our athletic training room. Well, that's good to hear because uh, I, I know uh, I know we all uh, cringe when we see any of those kids go down, and we want to want to see them get the best possible care. Uh, turning a corner, as a okay. friend of ours likes to say. Um, I know that you helped uh, organize a alumni flag football game between Alabama and Auburn about a year ago. And we won't spend a lot of time on that. Uh, uh, I know, uh, I believe that wound up with an Alabama victory. It didn't Super- win. We did win the last play of the game. <laughs> okay. Well, and it was, uh, like I say, we won't spend a lot of time on that, but I know I did actually enjoy uh, getting to uh, kind of follow that and see that there was some. Uh, um, uh, cooperation and uh, goodwill on both sides to get some good things done. Can you give us just a brief synopsis of what was going on with all that and what and what may be occur in the future? Well, after the tornado came through, um, a bunch of us in the A Club had gotten together and we were working on, everybody had chainsaws or whatever, just hitting a particular area. Everybody communicated and hit a particular area and we're working together. And one of the players said, "Yeah, let's. Uh, we ought to have a football game between us and Auburn." I said, "Yeah, y'all go ahead." <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, I said, "Yeah, that'll never happen." And about a week or so later, he called me and said, "Hey, look, I, we'd we'd like a hand doing this. We, you know, and I'm and I'm thinking he's looking for a sponsorship. You know, I'm thinking I could I would give him a five hundred dollars or something. I'll be on my way." Well, uh, it ended up sort of rolling in my direction, and for the first time, uh, the University of Alabama's A-Club and Auburn's Letterman Club uh, worked together to put on an event, and we had over uh, 50 athletes, uh, former players from both sides, uh, participate. Uh, Everybody, to a man, had a great time. Uh, It was uh, tremendous to... uh, to, to participate and know that both of those institutions have the ability to influence very positive things throughout the state. One of the things Coach Bryant talked about all the time is, you know, you find the things that's good for the state and good for the, good for the city, and it'll be good for you. You just do what's good for the state. And he was right. 
time and time again, he was right. I still miss him. What, you know, in, in your business now, you're, you lead your head, your own business. You're kind of the head coach at your dental practice. Um, having served under Coach Bryant's uh, leadership and mentoring uh, those five years, what are, uh, what are some of the things that uh, you, you use, uh, that some of the approaches and philosophies that you try to put into place in your business that might have been a result of that experience? Well, one of the things that I got one day – uh, and a, uh, I really didn't expect to get it, but uh, Coach Goosetree, I had no idea what was coming, although I knew completely uh, everything that he was about to say. Coach Goosetree uh, was nominated and, and, and became a member of the uh, Sports Hall of Fame, the Athletic Trainer Sports Hall of Fame. And his acceptance speech was what I'm fixing to share with you. Oh, please do. Um, he talked about Coach Bryant's philosophy, his organizational philosophy, and what was Coach Bryant's organizational philosophy? Why? How did we do that? And, and would it work in something else besides that? Um, and so he started reading, and after he got through reading it, he gave me the sheet of paper. So this is from Coach Bryant? It's from, from Coach Goosetree about Coach Bryant. About Coach Bryant. Um, the first thing. Always be totally loyal to the institution for which you work. If you don't have the best interest of the organization at heart, or if you can't be loyal, you're in the wrong place. Always be totally loyal to your staff. If you are, then they'll be loyal back. Remember, loyalty and honesty are two-way streets. If you are ever dishonest to members of your staff, you'll never regain their respect. Don't worry about winning personality contests with your staff. You'd better worry about being respected. Anybody can be liked. A heck of a lot fewer respected. Be aware of yes men. Generally, they are losers. Surround yourself with winners. Never forget, people win. Get people who work for your organization because it means something to them. Most organizations get people who are interested in drawing a paycheck for the 40-hour work week. Don't forget those folks usually don't work but about 10 hours out of the 40 they're paid for. To be the best, if you want to be the best, get people who care about your institution, people who are proud to be associated with your organization. Get winning people. Work hard. There is no substitute for hard work. None. If you work hard... The folks around you are going to work harder. If you drag into work late, what kind of impression is that going to leave on your fellow workers? If you leave early, what kind of impression is that going to leave? Don't tolerate lazy people. They are losers. People who come to work and watch clocks and pass off responsibilities will only drag your organization down. I despise clock watchers. That was true. They don't want to be a part of a winning situation. They won't roll up their sleeves when you need them to. If you have lazy people, get rid of them. Remember, it's easy to develop the bad habits of lazy people. Have a plan, a written plan, not only for the day, the week, and the month, but the year and 10 years from now. Anticipate every situation that could arise. Plan for every situation that could arise. Don't think second by second on what needs to be done. Have a plan. Follow the plan, and you'll be surprised how successful you can be.
Most people don't plan. That's why it's easy to beat most folks. Set goals, high goals for your organization. When your organization has a goal to shoot for, you create teamwork, people working together for common good. Teamwork is imperative. Don't forget that. People are in it for their own good or individualist. They don't share the same heartbeat that makes a team so great. A great unit, whether it's football or any organization, shares the same heartbeat. Learn from others. Ask questions. Be a good listener. Get a pulse beat of what is going on around you. Last, never quit. It is the easiest cop-out in the world. Set a goal and don't quit until you attain it. When you do attain it, set another goal and don't quit until you reach it. Never quit. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, James. That's a great piece. Um, it. Uh, I was just sitting here thinking that uh, it's perfectly uh, and completely typical of somebody like Coach Bryant that he coached up until basically five weeks before he passed away. Right. And I don't think I don't think many of us knew how sick he was and how he was very sick that last year particularly. And uh, and I know that one of the reasons he he stayed as long as he did was he always had a deep and abiding loyalty like that piece indicates to his staff oh his, his assistant coaches and the thought of them being out of work was something that was very hard for him to deal with um so i really appreciate you sharing that piece i i certainly never had access to it before and i hope everybody's enjoyed it like i did now we're going to turn another corner okay heading into the fourth quarter of the show here and uh, I'm going to review, just for all the Bama fans out there, just a few tidbits and facts that I think they most of them know but enjoy hearing, and I expect you will too. Cause That'd you, be great. Because you took part in it. But uh, going back over just some basic statistics going into this season that we've already talked about, uh, we just won our 14th national championship. The first one was in 1925. There was one in 26, 30, 34, 41, 61. 64, 65, 1973, the one you took part in. And My 19, ring is the 78 ring. So you've still got your ring. Uh, 1979, 1992, 2009, and 2011. And, of course, uh, five coaches that have been head coaches at Alabama have won national championships. And uh, several of them, I think all of them, as a matter of fact, other than maybe Coach Stallings, won more than one. Uh, the overall Alabama's overall record in games that it's ever played in football, we've played 1,177 games over 117 seasons, won 814, lost 320, tied 43 times over 117 years for a 710 winning percentage. Our overall SEC record going into this season in 541 SEC games. Over 79 years, the conference was formed in 1933, and yes, we did win it the first year it was formed. Um, 358 wins, 163 losses, 20 ties for a six, uh, .680, uh, 680% winning percentages. We've been in, we've had 59 bowl appearances, and bowl wins stand at 33 wins, 22 losses, and three ties. So we hold both national records for the number of bowl appearances and the number of bowl wins. SEC titles by school currently stands at 22 for Alabama. The next, or the second place team in, uh, as far as SEC titles would be Tennessee with 13, Georgia with 12, LSU with 11, Florida with 8, 
Auburn with seven, Ole Miss with six, Kentucky with two, Mississippi State with one, and much like Missouri and Texas A&M, Arkansas and South Carolina have yet to win one. Uh, Vandy hasn't won one either. Uh, uh, one, one, one other tidbit, I know that Alabama actually has an all-time winning series record against every traditional or all-time SEC team, and that would also include Sewanee, Georgia Tech, and Tulane that were original members of the Southeastern Conference and eventually left the conference, uh, which was uh, probably a big mistake on the, on the part of Georgia <laughs> Tech and Tulane, and I think they're still paying for it. But, uh, and, of course, Missouri and Texas A&M come in this year. Uh, James, are you planning to go to, to Dallas for the game against Michigan? We were going to Dallas, had everything set up to go, and uh, realized that Spain Park is going to be playing in Athens on Friday night before the ball game. So I had to undo all my... Mama wants to go to the high school game. Well, I need to go to the high school. That, that's where I need to be. There you go. And, and that's, what, uh, that's what I need to be doing. Okay. Well, you know, and uh, oddly, Michigan is one of the very few teams that actually holds a series record advantage over us. They've won two times. We've won once against them. But I'm kind of getting the feeling we'll even that up September 1st. I think that's going to be evened up at you the know, end of the uh, night. The, uh, uh, Denard Robinson is just an incredible athlete. He seems to be a good kid, too. Um, but I just don't know uh, if somebody that's basically a running quarterback that, that uh, who passing doesn't seem to be a, a real strength. Uh, we've we've faced excellent athletes before and been able to make it make them one dimensional. So I um, I don't know if our defense will be at quite the level we finished the year at last year. But I got kind of go into this one feeling like we're going to win the game. Okay, Saturday I watched them. Uh, they had uh, a club down to watch practice and uh, they looked. They look pretty good. Our defensive line looks great, and our offensive line looks great. Our linebackers uh, look like they were all cut out of the same mold. Granted. Uh, <laughs> it, and, uh, you know, our defensive backs, I think uh, the linebackers are going to help stabilize some of those issues. And uh, with our offensive line, you can yeah. you can right a lot of wrongs with an offensive line. You know, <laughs> assuming we'd have no injuries, I, that's that's going to be my favorite kind of defense there. is when that offensive line is taking care of business, <laughs> and we take the ball on the twenty or twenty-five yard line and keep it for about thirty-five or forty minutes of possession time, and the other offense spends most of the time on the bench over there trying to stay loose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then September eight, we got Western Kentucky in. Uh, Tuscaloosa, the series we lead that series one game to none. Uh, Arkansas and Fayetteville, September twelfth, we actually lead that series fourteen wins to eight wins for Arkansas. September twenty second, Florida uh, Atlantic University. That will be the first meeting uh, for those two schools. Um, Ole Miss at home, uh, we lead that series. Believe this or not, forty eight nine and two. Uh, an amazing. Well, we got a, an amazing disparity. Uh, and, and a good one for us. Uh, October 6th is an open date. I know we'll win that day. Uh, October 13, Columbia, Missouri against the Missouri Tigers. They, too, lead us in their overall series 2-1. to one. Uh, I, And I know that place will be like a hornet's nest that day. But I kind of think we'll even the series that day. October 20th, which is actually the fourth Saturday in October, we go to Knoxville. 
leading that series 49 wins to 38 losses and seven ties over the year i always kind of kind of hate to see that not fall on the third saturday but get with but with schedules in a 12-team league now it's it's hard to get it on the third Saturday. Well, and 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 TV's really kind of the kind of the tail that's wagging the dog these days. But I guess that's okay. October twenty seventh at uh, at home against Mississippi State, we actually lead that series seventy four wins, to eighteen losses, three ties. November third at LSU. Of course, everybody's already talking about that one. Uh, we lead that series forty six wins to twenty five losses and five ties. November ten, Texas A and M, another new member of the SEC, comes to Tuscaloosa. We lead that series three to one. Western Carolina in Tuscaloosa, November seventeenth. We've met one time and won that game. And then November twenty fourth in Tuscaloosa, our neighbors to the southeast come to visit us uh, for the Iron Bowl. We lead that series forty one wins. 34 losses and one tie. And then um, the SEC championship game, uh, I'm planning on being there. I'm planning on being there too. It may be a tough road. I think, I don't know about you, James, but I, I'm thinking uh, we'll get by Michigan and Dallas and get that, that maiden voyage. Uh, Arkansas and Fayetteville will be tough. LSU down there in Baton Rouge. Uh, I think those look like the games that are most that are the most obvious that could that could be tough. LSU's always tough. Sure, um, but in any event, uh, looking forward to that. But again, uh, Michigan's the biggest game on the schedule because it's the next one. James, I just want to tell you thanks again for taking time to come visit with us and share some of those great stories and uh, some of those experiences. It's really fun to listen to somebody that was a part of the team that was close to those guys, that was close to Coach Bryant and Coach Grustree, all those the great coaches on that staff and those people. Uh, I know your practice is in the Hoover area here in Birmingham. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do we find you? Well, the easiest way is go to www.sandentistry.com S-A-N D-E-N-T-I-S-T-R-Y dot com. That's Dr. James L. Sanderson. That's it. Trainer extraordinaire. <laughs> okay, folks, uh, we'd like you to download and subscribe to Bama Talk Podcast on iTunes. Also, you can visit Facebook at Bama Talk. Uh, feel free to post, uh, make comments, be nice, um, suggestions, uh, guests you might like us might like us to invite. Also, you can visit us on the web at BamaTalkShow.com. That about wraps it up. We're headed for the locker room. Uh, I want to wish everybody a blessed day. Thank you for being with us, and roll tide.